Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben off the cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to a special, that's right, a special Thanksgiving edition of the London is Blue podcast. That's right. No Brandon here. He's been busy with work. We are thankful for the time he's able to give us and be a part of this show. And what I am thankful for, though, is that Nick Verlaney has made time out of a busy work week before holiday travel to talk about some Chelsea with me. That's right. It is our our Thanksgiving episode. It's my favorite holiday of the year. Um, There's nothing nothing but food and football and naps and... um, and we're we're happy, man. We're it's been a, it's been a fun year so far. This is our fifty second episode of the year, Dan. Fifty. It's not even December, dude. Of of the season of the of the the twenty nineteen yes. twenty twenty season. Fifty two five two number of episodes we've done since July first. We did it off of the FIFA transfer window, even though we were banned from it. <laughs> that's when we started our season. Yeah, we we are we are just uh, incredibly uh, blessed to be able to. Uh, to bring these to you live every week. And here is, you know, what we're thinking, you know, people are going to be driving home or flying Dan. They, they, the match review was such a long time. It was a day ago, you know, it was so long ago. <laughs> we got to give people more content. Well, I, I think about, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a flight. You're, you're driving mm-hmm. and you're going to want to listen to something. You're going to need a little podcast action. So this is a little bit of a morsel that we're, we're dropping here. You know, we want to give thanks too. you know, this is our opportunity to maybe, you know, get your give you something to prep your meal around to just give you a little extra, a little bit of Chelsea nugget before the holiday 
commences. So we're going to talk about a couple things, give a little Chelsea thanks, especially to the Chelsea women. We haven't touched on them since earlier in the season when we had Gene Lawlishon on, so we want to give a little bit of an update there. Bruce Buck's comments have been making some waves, uh, making Ooh. people think about shopping. You know, Black Friday again, a little, little tie in there. Not us on Black Friday because we're done with discounts. We're done with Daniel Drinkwater discount deep dive in to find a, a person on the transfer market. We are about buying high class again. And then it's a few other mailbag questions we got. But I think in general, Nick, it, you know, you talked to touch about it a little bit already. You know, just the thanks that we have for people and the listeners that we've got within our Chelsea community. That's right. Um, you you guys are what we're most thankful for. I mean, we've been doing this for over five years now, and it's it gets more rewarding each year that we do it. It gets more fun each year that we do it. You know, we've been um, really lucky to get to go to the bridge stand and take in matches and meet a bunch of people in the States. And, it, you know, this... What I love about this audience, I was t- I was telling someone about our Discord server the other day, and I was like, you know, the cool thing about it is that we have community guidelines, and the great thing about it is that we've never had to use them. Uh, people are just, they just understand what it means to be a part of it, and I just, I'm so thankful that we have such a calm, rational, funny group of people who follow us on on this podcast journey. Yeah, we, we can't thank everyone enough for listening, for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, for spending one or two or even more hours of your week with us talking about Chelsea. And we just we generally enjoy the opportunity to get that to do that with you. So uh, if we haven't had a chance to thank you individually, this is our kind of general thank you to everyone who's ever listened or is continuing to listen with us. But Nick, we have to get one topic out of the way first before we get into the heavy stuff here. That's favorite thanksgiving dish and, and maybe we should clarify because we do, we do have listeners who don't live in the u.s don't take part in thanksgiving thanksgiving obviously is a, is a holiday it's meant to celebrate or commemorate certain things but it's really a food holiday i mean that, yes. that's what it is it's a day to get together with family and friends and eat a boatload of food it, it's a celebration that uh early settlers didn't know how to farm <laughs> that's that's what it was and um and we're we're helped out by by some of the natives and um Clearly, we we like to indulge uh, in a little bit of food on this podcast. So, favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh my god! Yeah, only got one. You get one. Oh, that's tough. Like stuffing is like a really good one because it's filling and it's a delight. I think I think mine is green bean casserole. I love green bean Ooh. casserole. It is a really sneaky underdog, and my mom does an incredible green bean casserole. Yeah, that's that's a good shout. I, I think your direction with stuffing, and th- I think this maybe is the theme of it, is that when it's something your your mom has put together, you talk mm-hmm. about your mom's green bean casserole, I think about my mom's stuffing. I don't know where she got the recipe from. It, it is has been printed somewhere, but she makes biscuits and then breaks those down and uses the biscuits Ooh. in the stuffing. And there's, there's bacon in there, there's Ooh. mushrooms, there's thyme, and it just is absolutely delicious. It sticks to the sides of your, your ribs, and you're just feeling it the rest of the day, but you're feeling really, really good about it, too. So, yeah, we hit us on the, uh, the Insta, hit us on Twitter, let us know what your favorite Thanksgiving side dishes, or maybe just, you know, you know for those who live abroad, maybe what your favorite uh, side dish is, your kind of holiday well, meal of choice. Everybody in the state, so if, you know, Dan, you're in the Northwest, but you're going to the Southeast, you know that 
you know, depending on which region you're in, Northeast, Southeast, mm-hmm. Midwest, everyone has like a different regional flavor to their Thanksgiving. I know some people do clams for their Thanksgiving. I know some people fry a bunch of turkeys. I know like um, stuffing is kind of regional as well. Like I know that my friends in Colorado do some sort of like Aztec kind of stuffing thing. It's a little Ooh, spicy. Okay. Like I, I, w- I want to hear of all the different cool things that are out there because I need some uh, some food inspiration. Okay, la- last one before we get to Chelsea Women is our first point of discussion. We, we did tweet out that we were doing this episode, and when we talked about it, we included a funny gif of pumpkin pie punching pecan pie in the face. <laughs> so favorite pie, because pie and dessert is also a cornerstone of the Thanksgiving Day experience. Yeah, my mom's pumpkin pie is out of this world, so it's it's a no-brainer. I'm I'm not as big on pecan pie as, as a bunch of people are, but pumpkin pie, definitely the winner for me. Yeah, I, I think pumpkin's a good shout. I, I might have to disagree with you here. I think the variant on a, a derby pie, derby pie typically being a chocolate and walnuts, you Ooh. sub the walnuts for the pecans, and you're getting a little chocolate pecan pie, hopefully with a little bourbon burned off in there to give it mm. that just wonderful flavor. That is what we are doing from a pie perspective okay. this Thanksgiving, and I am okay. very excited for it. Okay. I, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I could go with that. Right, let, let, let's talk. Let's talk about other great, great decisions. League leaders like a chocolate pecan bourbon pie. The Chelsea women. Chelsea women currently sitting atop the FAWSL table, nineteen points, second place. Man City at eighteen. Arsenal also at eighteen points in third place due to goal difference. Everton. And then there, there's a bunch more. Hey, Liverpool, inverse of their men's team at <laughs> uh, one point. Seven matches played, one draw, six losses. Nick, we uh, we talked about the Chelsea women in the season previews that we've did and talked about how it might be a tough season, but it hasn't looked that way at all, and this most recent match didn't look difficult in any capacity. <laughs> but, but, Dan, whatever do you mean? It was, it was uh, I believe the score, Dan, was um, Chelsea women six, Birmingham City nil. So just a casual six nil victory as, as you're wont to do. But, um, yeah, when we had, uh, Jean, uh, yeah, we, we had Jean Lalashan on, uh, at the beginning of the year and she was, I, I think, cautiously optimistic, but still thought that we might have been a little bit behind Arsenal and maybe even Man City going into the league season. Um, Emma Hayes, um, has her team rolling right now. Um, they are playing uh, with incredible energy, incredible fight. Uh, they have goal scorers just all over the park. Sometimes, you know, Beth England up front. Sometimes Millie Bright in the back. Dan, I think what's interesting about this team, and and I love that a lot of their games are on, like um, Facebook Watch and you know, the, the new um, FAWSL app or the FA app is that we're getting more of them in our feeds. So we, we can speak to this a little bit more clearly than when we get the occasional match on. They're just fun to watch, man. 
Yeah, there, there's a lot to like about this side. Very similar to how enjoyable it has been watch, you know, watching the men's team this season because you've seen all these players come up. I mean, and Chelsea women are very similar. Lots of players who have been there for an extended period of time. You have players, uh, Jisoo Young, who's extremely fun to watch every time. You know, She's kind of scoring them in. I know Nick is a absolute Millie Bright super supporter and and this is even before like we are we are scoring tons of goals even before the latest signing signing sam kerr joins the team in january like we are just adding someone who scored in 40 appearances for chicago red stars 34 goals if you weren't excited already to add the captain of the aussie side to this group of just internationally known women's team players like it's strength on strength we're gonna go from scoring six to Eight to nine? Uh, it, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the the emphasis should be that you know Chelsea develop you know as much team chemistry as they can before bringing in an absolute superstar. And it's it's one of those signings, you know, when you look at the January window, which is not notorious for being a very good uh, buying window. It's a great selling window, but it's not a great buying window. That, um, you know, Chelsea were able to make a statement with Sam Kerr. And then, you know, you add to that all of Beth England's goals. You add to that and the fact that Drew Spence is on a tear right now. Uh, Aaron Cuthbert really hasn't even got up and running this year. Uh, that's kind of the scary part. Frank Kirby's been hurt. You know, you have all these uh, all these women who are just crushing it and or, or who have the potential to crush it if they're healthy. That's. That's fascinating, and they are a hell of a lot of fun to watch. We're going to keep talking about them on this show because they, frankly, deserve it. And, um, you know, I think, Dan, if you were to go through the goal scorers from Chelsea Women 6, Birmingham City Women uh, 0. Yeah, so Jisun Young, second-minute goal, wonderful, wonderful free kick. And then we saw Millie Bright with a bombing run down the pitch. She has kept on going until she could go no further and score the goal. Beth England adds one in the 45th plus one minute period. Drew Spence then goes on to the score sheet as well. The 48th minute, 52nd minute, she goes there again, followed by Bethany England with the 63rd minute goal to finish the route. And, and just to caveat this, Birmingham City are not a great team. They are currently riding a negative 12 goal differential. They have only gotten three points, so they've won one match. They've lost five. And it's not been a great start to the season for them. But to continue finding ways to score, maybe, Nick, what was your favorite out of all these? I mean, all of these were fantastic goals to watch. But if you had to pick one, are you going Millie Bright 37th minute? No, I'm going Millie Bright assist to Beth England, um, which I encourage everybody to go watch the highlights from this game. Again, they're really great and they're fun to watch, but... Millie Bright might might have played the pass of the season, men or women, up to uh, up to uh, Beth England, who has a very delicate touch and then just buries it in the back of the net. Um, it's as root one as you can get and as beautiful as you can get at the same time. And I just, you know, it, again, I follow Millie Bright on Twitter and she's funny as hell. And she even made a comment after the game, Dan, that, you know, her 37th minute goal that she finally finished them because she makes those runs occasionally and just never can seem to kind of put the final move together. And so, I, you know, she's she's uh, very self-aware. I'll put it that way. That's uh, that's a good shout. That's good. Very, very fair. 
Yeah, I, I think G's free kick was fantastic. Great way to start the match, set the tone. Got a, a little bit of assistance from the goalkeeper. Got a hand to it. And Drew Spence is finding ways to score. Great header in the, the second goal. And just, again, this is a team that in their past three matches after the international time away, 6-0 over Birmingham City, 5-1 to one over Tottenham in the <sighs> WSL that. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, United beating Manchester United one nothing, and that was not a great game by any means. So they have shown an ability to be resilient and grind it out when necessary. So again, there's uh, if you haven't if you miss many of these matches, you know the FA WSL player is a great app to download. It's not region locked at least for the U.S., so you can kind of watch these matches when they're happening. I know one of our listeners, Janique, is going to be over there for the. Women versus Man City, which could be Ooh. a title decider type of game because at the with the margins being as small as they are, this is a good opportunity to potentially go three points ahead on a direct rival. So, you know, just things to keep in mind. You know, it's a great team. You know, it's just as much as we like talking about the Chelsea youth players and the way that they've played this season. I mean, the U18s, the U- U23s have both had fantastic starts to their season as well. But definitely want to give a shout to the Chelsea women's team. Sam Kerr coming in at an amazing time. This team is poised to do great things this season, and uh, you're going to want to you're going to enjoy this ride. So just plug in, enjoy it. Yeah, it's it is one club, right? Like we we want to you know eventually be able to cover every single Chelsea team playing every single match. Um, it, you know, time time is a bit of an issue right now, but uh, we will keep. Uh, covering in the in the future some of these Chelsea women's results and hopefully get more Chelsea women's experts on the show to speak a little bit more um, closely to what's going on around the team, just as we would having journalists on for the men's team. So that's our commitment to that. But they're just fun as hell. And a 6-0 win is a 6-0 win, no matter where it is. All right, Nick. So first mailbag question that we got from our friend RW underscore CFC on Twitter What's the most Chelsea thing you guys are thankful for from this past year? Mine is Frank Lampard coming back as manager in the summer. Oh, and the transfer ban. Crying happy face emoji. Mm. What am I most thankful for? Wow. Um, well, he, he kind of stole the whole. <laughs> he kind of stole the whole the whole gig there. Um, uh, see, I, I think that might be the answer for everyone. So let, let's say that probably most of us are thankful for. The transfer ban or the registration ban allowing us to play youth players and Frank Lampard coming back and instilling this wonderful breath of energy that, you know, the resuscitation of Chelsea's spirit has begun again. But beyond that, maybe, because I think those are going to be the answers everyone gives. What would you be most thankful for? Um, <laughs> I always I'm going back to this Kurt Zuma run against Ajax um, because I, I I just love it so much. I I just I love that so much. Um, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and then the other one, Dan, that you're probably you're probably thinking of as well is I'm I'm really really thankful um, that we were that we were there in person to see Frank Lampard's first home win. Um, yes, it was against Grimsby town and yes, it was a complete thrashing, but, uh, it was just really cool, um, to, to see him kind of get the monkey off his back. And, um, that was, that was special. Yeah. I think I'm thankful for Tammy Abraham's left foot, his right foot, his heading ability, anything really that he's done to put the goals in. Yeah. I think, where we were concerned heading into the beginning of the season was 
where the goals were going to come from, how are we going to compete against these top sides. And I am thankful that Frank gave him the trust, gave him the chance. I'm thankful for the supporters getting behind him. And I'm thankful for him re- repaying that, that thanks and that support with goals aplenty. And I am just looking forward to more fantasy Premier League points, to more goals in the Premier League and the Champions League, and what his young career is starting to look like because it's been it's been wonderful. Like I, I'm super, I'm super appreciative that we've had a chance to maybe play players that wouldn't have gotten a shot if we had a full transfer budget at the beginning of the season. So cycling back to the larger themes of what we're we're thankful for. I'm I'm always and, and I, I think we should say this too. I'm always thankful for all of our players, but I am especially thankful for N'Golo Conte and Cesar Spilicueta. Always, 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 always. I love those guys. Yeah, you know, I, I, I want to say also I'm super thankful to the 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 home and away supporters for how they've embraced Christian Pulisic. Mm. I think we we talk about you know Christian on the show, and I think we've tried to run a really fair and, and balanced approach to viewing what he's done well, viewing his opportunities. And I think, you know, him getting his first goal in the Premier League, getting a hat-trick in the Premier League, the USA chance from the supporters until we figure out something that's maybe a, a little bit better, whether it's something to the Star Spangled Banner or... <laughs> we got we to gotta do something uh, A beautiful better. Four Shades of Skies, whatever it is, whatever funny thing it ends up being beyond that, you know, they have given him time and given him patience and, and supported him just like he was one of these academy graduates. And so for, for that, I'm super, super thankful for the support they continue to give you to give to all our players. I mean, they, they're just exceptional. Like there's not, there's not boo birds or not what you're seeing with some of these other sides. And obviously we are not in the same level of crisis that Tottenham were this season or, or United are this season, but our, our supporters aren't the kind who, you know, boo players off or, you know, boo our, managerial staff so i'm just thankful that they continue to rally and continue to give us and our club a very very good name all right second mailbag question justin on twitter getting in nick i think this question was primarily for you but i think i'd be able to answer it as well best thanksgiving cocktail hey dan which one of us is drinking a water right now and which one of us is drinking a a bourbon <clears throat> i'll let the listeners guess on that one. <clears throat> um so, best Thanksgiving cocktail. So, I actually have a, a good one for this. I, uh, so we did a Friendsgiving a, a couple of weeks ago, and I am in charge of providing, uh, cocktails and like sides, you know, cause everyone, most people have their, their steak kind of claimed on, on what they like love to do or what their like specialty is. And so I'm cool with that. Everyone's really good at cooking turkey or stuffing or whatever. That's great. So I did a make your own old fashioned bar. Um, and, and I provided two different kinds of old fashions and I was a bartender. So I was fucking killing it. Um, there, I did a traditional old fashioned, um, which, you know, always a classic. And then I did a fall, apple cinnamon old-fashioned dan which i'll tell you i really enjoyed i over it was too much my my mix had too much cinnamon because i basically i cut all the apples up i um i you know kind of dusted them with this cinnamon sugar thing i found in the store and i let them sit for a little bit get all happy and then i soaked them soaked the apples in a little bit of bourbon as well just to get them extra extra spicy the cinnamon mixture i used was a little too much 
But in theory, if I did a little bit more sugar to cinnamon, that would have been pretty dynamic. Okay, I'm I'm appreciating the way that you are putting together some very very particular old fashions in your your cocktail choice here. I think it all depends upon your your food choice. You know, mm-hmm. uh, look I, again. I think bourbon is always a, a good call. I think you know you, you're going to have guests there, so you're probably going to want a, a nice red, a nice white. You know, something that pairs well with the food that you're having. And, and, and nothing that's too, uh, I appreciate the, your, your inventiveness, but I don't want to add too much extra spice in the drink. I don't want to add too many extra flavors because you're going to be loaded down all day, right? You're going to start with some apps that are probably going to be, you know, some, I don't know what your app situation is, but you might have some, you know, we've got like cheese blintzes sometimes. It's got a little sugar and cinnamon on them. So you're, you're already throwing a ton of different spice in throughout the day. You know, a, a nice bourbon, a, a nice, you know, kind of, non-assuming beer a good glass of red i mean i think you're i think you're set i don't think you have to go too crazy with your cocktails to have a good time you you also could do you know a, a drink that i love all year which is a moscow mule very light very refreshing Ooh, that would be great yeah, yeah I, I think that's a good call i think uh you know hot toddy at the end would be a good little uh little mm-hmm. fit too. it's cold in most of the places where people are celebrating this holiday so you know a warm beverage might be a nice way to to mix things up appropriately but uh, you know another thing that might need to be mixed up mixed up is the uh, the goalkeeping or goalkeeping coach situation. Oh. Next question coming from Nia March. What do you guys think about the goalkeeping coach situation at Chelsea? I don't think Hilario is doing a good job with Keppa. So Chelsea should bring in Shea Given as as Lampard originally wanted, or should we bring Christopher Lalshan back as the goalkeeping coach? Thanks. And we also got a similar question from our friend Big Nash in our Discord server saying Hilario was an average keeper when he was playing. Why is he the coach over Cuccini? Is it something to do with backroom dynamics? I, I mean, the one point of order is uh, our friend Jean, who we mentioned earlier, she actually screen capped people calling back for her dad to be restored. He's still at Chelsea. He's actually overseeing like all goalkeeping and goalkeeping development. So he's overseeing, you know, all of the goalkeeping coaches. So yes, it would be an option, but it also seems like his roles and responsibilities are a little bit more widespread. So maybe he can't do that. But Nick, I'll just turn it over to you and let you uh, pontificate here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of, and this is a, a U.S. coaching staff thing too. That you know, anytime you kind of appoint a new coach, they typically bring in their own, you know, choices, right? I don't know if there was something in Lampard's deal when he left that he couldn't steal all of his coaches or, or what the deal might have been. But I'm typically of the persuasion, Dan, that if you're appointed head coach or manager, that you you get to bring in who you want in those positions. Because ultimately, it's up, you know, the, the all the blame is going to fall on the manager. So he might as well have all of his, uh, all of the tools that he wants at his disposal. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think that makes complete sense. If... Frank is feeling like we're not in a good situation with Keppa. If you go back and listen to the first episode this week, we talked a little bit about the goalkeeping situation, about what Keppa may need to be, do, be doing differently. And Brandon, obviously, goalkeepers union, gave us some very insightful thoughts into some opportunities there. But yeah, I mean, look, you know, you're, you're not going to get rid of this player right away. So you know, he's he's expensive. He's got a really hefty contract. It's not going to be easy to move him if you did want to move on. So what's the thing that you can change without changing the player first? And it would be manager. I mean, it's not like Hilario is going to just leave Chelsea. We're going to find a, you know an opportunity for him to potentially do something differently. But if Frank, who's made a lot of really good decisions, is potentially going to save the club a ton of money 
by helping promote some of these young players from the U23s into the first team or off of loan into the first team might be worth sending a little bit of an extra Christmas bonus over to Darby and saying, hey, can you get a shake given? We're really looking to see how we can help Kepa here because something's off a little bit and whatever that is, I'm, we're not sure, but a coaching change is probably a really good idea at this point, Nick. Yeah, it's it's also, you know, I think you know, the, the dollars don't really make sense there, but like there, there are something to say, you know, we talked a little bit about this as well, that Willie is not going to provide the level of competition needed um, to, to raise Kepa's game. So um, not saying we make a change there right now either, but I think it would be pretty challenging um, to continue to push and reinvent yourself like you have to as a pro athlete if you're not consistently getting pushed um, from from teammates or from coaches or whatever. So um, we're not going to go spend another $40 million on a goalkeeper uh, to compete with them. That would be silly. Uh, so the coach is probably the next most obvious thing to do, and so I hope they are able to do it and do it quickly. Yeah, 100% agree. So next one we got from C Jarvis 13 on Instagram asking, if you're stranded on a desert island – and you have one Thanksgiving dish to eat and one Chelsea player to hang with, who's, who's it going to be? Who are you inviting? To, and we'll broaden that because I have no way how on a deserted island your, you know, your first inclination is to celebrate Thanksgiving. So the premise of the question, <laughs> a little skewed here, but we're still going to answer it. Who's, who's coming to your Thanksgiving? You're inviting one player. He didn't specify past or present, did he? I'm going to go with present. So I'm okay. going I'm I'm to trap you on the desert island of this question. Okay, so we're on the desert island, so resourcefulness is a good thing to have. You don't um, have to be on a deserted island. You can you can just be on a yeah. desert island. A desert island. I can be on a dessert <laughs> After <island>. dinner. <laughs> um, so I think to answer the dish, I'm probably going to take a stuffing or something really hearty, maybe mashed potatoes or something, because, you know, it, you got to you got to keep the energy up there. Um I think for the player, which is the player on the team that I think is most most resourceful or be the best hang on a desert island. Ooh. Um oh, I'm I'm gonna go Tammy because he's tall and he can Ooh. grab coconuts from the tree. That's what we're gonna do. We're getting coconuts. Cool. So I'm I'm my, I'm not answering on an island at all. Cause again, I reject the general premise of the he's question. Reach up However, I'm thinking that I would like to invite Asby over for Thanksgiving. You know, he's he's got a little bit of a bridge to the past. He's got the information, the present. You know, he's such a – you bring him to a party, no one is going to be upset that he's there. They're going to be like, you know, again, you might have been like, oh, man, would really great to have so-and-so. But he, you know, he would be everybody's second choice, right? He, you know, he might not be everybody's first, but I think he'd be – no one's going to be upset that he's there. And, you know, I think maybe just like a, a kind of, you know, call to, you know, Spanish tradition, maybe do like a nice paella as a part of that Thanksgiving dinner to, mm. in honor of him being there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think that'd be a great little dish to add in, give you a little bit of an international flair. So, yeah, hit, hit us up. Let us know who, which Chelsea player you'd be inviting to your Thanksgiving if you had the option. But we'll transition to Nathan's question here. Uh, Gross Nath on and on uh, Twitter asking us said recent comments by Bruce Buck suggest major money will be spent when possible. Who should we go after? Then the second part of the question, he said, is Chilwell worth 80 million? It's their left back needs. Sancho worth a hundred. Who else should we consider? So Nick, I know we, we don't like to 
go into rumors. I don't go like to too mu- into too much of that when Brandon's on the show, but you know, he's not here today. So <laughs> we're going to answer this question. We're going to go through it. <laughs> yeah. Dad isn't here. So the kids are eating all the candy they want. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, like I think first part of the, you know, the first part of the comment is, you know, Bruce Beck essentially went on, um, you know, I think or was interviewed in the papers and yep. basically mentioned that like, oh, you know, you thought that you thought that Roman was done. That's hilarious. Um, what's actually going to happen is, you know, whether it's this upcoming window or a future window, um, I don't think you're going to be able to uh, question uh, the commitment or so it was something like that. It was paraphrased, um, which led everybody to kind of freak out and um, start dreaming up or making their own wish lists for players and such. So, um, look, I mean, the the players are the positions, Dan, and maybe you'll take a stab at who you'd want to fill them with. The positions that we absolutely unequivocally need to fill right now are the following. Uh, we do need a second striker. Um, I I am not convinced that Mishi's going to be it. I think he might be a really good third striker, but I think we need someone to push Tammy um, for those guys to go head-to-head um, because we need goals. Uh, we need most likely a, a replacement uh, for Pedro and or William um, at the end of the year, so we probably need some sort of winger. Uh, I feel pretty good about the midfield, but then I think we do need uh, to assess left back. And I think we probably need to assess center back uh, as well. So four mm-hmm. positions in my mind that I think are kind of interesting when the coffers are opened. Yeah, I don't think you're going to find many people who disagree with you about those positions. I think second striker, a winger, a left back and one of a midfielder or a center back. I think you would argue, depending on how we want to play and set up, it's going to be one or the other. And look, I, you know, Chilwell is a commonly mentioned name and th- there's some stats out there. I think the challenging thing is that Leicester play a completely different type of game than we do. So I don't think the stats for Chilwell line up as well. I think he gets questioned for being a little fragile. Uh, look, he's no, Luke, he's no Luke Shaw, which makes me feel significantly better about him. Uh, delivers some great, Great, great balls in. Uh, has to do with it with high frequency, so there is a little bit of a stat that makes it look like he's, you know, having you know doesn't maybe have the greatest kind of conversion. But Marcus Alonso and Emerson don't have the greatest crosses into the box right now, so I think it's something to kind of keep in mind. You know, look, we one England player coming into that side there means we can go with an international player in another spot. My thought would be especially if you're looking at who's going to be that backup striker. You know, we might lose Giroud, could lose Mishi. I, I'm still super excited about Timo Werner. I think he's someone with Leipzig who plays extremely, extremely well, scores buckets of goals as a younger player, and I, I'd really like to see him. Obviously, Jaden Sancho is someone who gets linked a lot because he's another England player. And look, none of them are going to come cheap, but I think the benefit now, Nick, is that we've signed – or we've promoted enough players who are filling positions of need internally that when we go out and sign, especially if it's going to be for, for an England talent, it is going to come at a premium. We're not going to be able to negotiate down a price. The price is going to be what we need to pay. And Chelsea, hopefully just will not haggle too long or haggle over tens of dollars to make some of those acquisitions happen. Is there anyone that you're, you're thinking or wishing or seeing as potentially 
a new addition to the side. Yeah, I mean, the the ones that are kind of coming to mind. So I think, whereas you're a Timo Werner fan, um, I think uh, the the wunderkind uh, for Salzburg, uh, Holland, I believe is how you pronounce his name, who has 27 goals already this year. Um, he's, he's also 19 and would kind of fit the youth revolution. So big, strong, powerful, um, seems to be very confident on, on either foot. Uh, happy for that. Sancho would be a great pickup. I don't know if the money is, is going to match up or whatever, but you know, let's do it. Why not? Um, you know, I, I think those are, those are two that I, I picked up in my, in my team for, for FIFA. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm I'm partial to those two. Uh, let's see. I said center back, and I was trying to think of like who who would I really really want if I could have a top quality center back in the world right now. And that is kind of tough. Um, yeah, I will say I looked through some of the most popular options the other day. You know, like uh, Schur. Canar or whatever from Inter, which, you know, Conte is not going to let any player go at this point, is, you know, one who's lauded a lot and has a bit of character chemistry. Don't know if he's the right situ- you know, situation there. I'm, I'm not sure I've seen anyone. So, I mean, if you're someone who's Jones in for center back, you've heard a name of a player you're really excited about, just, you know, hit us up at London Blue Pod. Let us know who that name is so we can maybe start taking a look ourselves. But, I, I see where you're going with center back, and I definitely think it will be become become a position of need, particularly if Christensen finds himself unhappy or wanting to head out, or if Rudiger is going to continue having some longer term injury problems. It's going to become a more of a position of need than it is today. But to me, that's still the the fourth on the depth chart, maybe of positions I would want to go fill. Yeah, I mean, you got you have some decent options out there at left back as well. I think as I looked at, you know, and I think we're going to see this over the next few weeks, especially in in highly competitive matches. I Reese James is obviously one for the future on the right side or or one for the present if you're of that persuasion. I want a left back who defends. <laughs> like I know that's a I, it's a crazy thing to say. I would I would just really love a left back who was competent defending, and um, I think that's where Asby. So, so you're saying it should be on the job description this time? Yeah, like the, like bullet number one. <laughs> Able to defend left wing. Um, Chelsea Football Club is looking to hire a brand new <laughs> left back this year. Positional responsibilities include bullet one. Defending. Defending. Um, Bullet two, crossing in a way that actually hits the first attacker. Yeah, and that that will be, you know, the second point that you just made is is why SP isn't like, I don't think he's going to be like the most long-term solution over there. Although right now, I, I think he could very well extend his Chelsea career by by playing left back again, which is wild. It feels like we're back in 2015. Um, I, I think he's, ext- I mean, his career is extended by the fact that he is positionally flexible in a way that a lot of players are not. I mean, same thing with Reese James, right? Reese James played, has played midfield before he's played right back before he could do a couple different positions there. Asby's been a center back before he's been left back. He's been right back. I mean, he started his career as a, a striker. So, you know, he could do the business in a couple different positions. And I think those players 
not everyone is capable of doing that. And so to have a couple of those players, like a Dave, where if you put him on the bench next season, let's say you get a Chowell, and he can potentially sub into one or two or three of the active positions on the pitch, then that gives you an option to put another player on the bench who might give you the option to have three attackers or four attackers and then only have like two defenders on the bench. It's, it's a really exciting prospect. Yep. Uh, Mr. Mr. Flexible. Um, yeah, but I think, I think possibly a center back, possibly a left back. Alex Tellis is always out there. Um, Dinier from, uh, from Everton's a little bit more oh. of an offensive option. He would be interesting to me. I, I have nothing against Chowell. I think the money's outrageous. Um, I, I don't know how much. Sense. But it's going to be, you know, I mean, especially if Leicester end up finishing in the top four and they're going to Europe, like the, he's, his price is only going to go up with the fact once Chelsea finish in top four or are, are staying in Champions League. And if Leicester stays in the top four, his price is going to continue to rise. So, oh, well, anyway, Ardale Hall gives us a question. And, and you might already, you've kind of already given the answer to this, but green bean casserole, Thanksgiving Hall of Fame dish, or just another role player that's nice to have. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely, look, if you don't like green bean casserole, I don't, I don't know what you're missing out on. Like, it's, it's a delight. Are you anti-green beans? Like, they're, I don't know how you can be anti-green beans, Dan. They're just, they're, they're not, they're not offensive. They're not like Brussels sprouts. Like... Ugh. Yeah, you know, I did. I did attend a little uh, little lecture at work being run by America's Test Kitchen. They were talking about how green beans, or you know, not green beans, Brussels sprouts rather. They had tried doing them as a warm dish for a lot of Thanksgivings, and nobody would ever eat them. They switched to a shredded Brussels sprout salad, cold cold salad with a little vinegar, a couple other things, and they said it was a hit. It's been a hit at this one guy's Thanksgiving dinner the past five, six years he's been doing it. So, I mean, if you want Brussels sprouts, apparently that might be the right, the right switch up that needs to occur on your Thanksgiving starting 11. Yeah. I like the little onions on top of the green bean casserole. Come on. The green bean casserole is an MVP. Yeah. I, I would definitely, I would squarely put green bean casserole in my top three Thanksgiving dishes. Well, that is good to know. But what about, <laughs> so we, we got, I got a question regarding Arsenal from uh, McGleasy saying, if Arsenal was a Thanksgiving dish, what would they be? Oh, going from the more humorous side of questions you received for this oh, mailbag. What would Arsenal be? Do you think they would be like? Because I'm trying to think, Tottenham would have to be in a bottle of some sort. But do you think they'd be like the the canned cranberry sauce or something like that? I mean, there's some people who love that man. I don't know if you're gonna get away with using that one. Okay. So here's the first thought I had when this one came out, this question. Dinner rolls. They're soft, (laughs) often sometimes prepackaged. Sometimes you don't put a ton of effort into them. And they just kind of sit there. And they're there. And they kind of, you know, they get buttered up on. They get a lot of of eyes looking over them. But nobody's really taking them seriously. They're the carbs you're going to forget about the moment the turkey's there, the moment the stuffing's there, the green bean casserole's there. They're an afterthought. In, in every way, shape, and form. I'm going dinner roll. Final answer. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would also say if if you were if you were serving another kind of meat, which again I think as a forgotten thing, like if you're if you're doing a ham on Thanksgiving or something, um, for for those who are not turkey inclined, that 
the, that other meat, that second meat is forgotten about very quickly. Like it's just, it's just not a thing. Like, look, Turkey's not the most delicious thing ever, but it's a tradition. Just eat Turkey. All right. Similar question from our friend Milhouse asking which one of our rivals would you like to see in the championship? So someone who is currently a rival heading down at the end of this season, being relegated. Arsenal. Easy. Easy. Like, we went through this. It had to be, it might have been over the summer or something. We all have kind of our most most hated rival. Arsenal, I cannot stand at all. I think just the, the, just the know-it-all, we invented football, we're the only team that can play beautiful football. Chelsea, you know, a bunch of mercenaries, blah, 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 blah. You didn't invent the game. Go down to the championship and earn it back. Yeah, I, I see where you're going. I think I'd like to see Manchester United go down. The, the, the theater of dreams turned into a theater of nightmares. It already is. Just being the best team in the championship. <laughs> It already is. Uh, look, they've got a championship-level manager, so they should be a championship-level side I mean, if, in all things. If they went down, I think you'd get to see Sir Alex Ferguson ritually sacrifice Ed Woodward in the stands. <laughs> they just, I think that would have to happen. I think that would be the only thing that would make it better. Come for the match. Stay for the fireworks. Yeah. That's, what they, uh, that's the newest slogan. Uh, anyway, last question. Taylor Ball. We had a chance to meet while we were up in New York for the final whistle and hate match, asking, how do I deal with the non-Chelsea fans of my family? So this is, this is more of like a dinner, maybe dinner table etiquette kind of conversation. How do you keep the conversation flowing, keep the ball moving without maybe uh, hitting a nerve potentially? Uh, look, you know, it's you have a chance. All, all Chelsea fans and all of our fans this, this weekend have a chance with the unindoctrinated in your family to uh, spread the good word of Chelsea. Um, you have a match coming up um, this weekend that you could even encourage. You could go out in the pub with your family and say, hey, who wants to have a beer at 9 a.m.? Me. You guys should come. So you get beers. That's a very good selling point. Then you have a chance over dinner or over cocktails, Dan, to educate your family about why soccer, and particularly Chelsea, is so great. You have the Pulisic factor. You have the factor that it's only two hours instead of a four-hour boring NFL game. You have Chelsea being such an exciting storyline this year and why it's so important. You have all these things. It's incumbent upon you to educate the people around you and to make them better. Do that. Well said. Well put. It is about coming together. It's about family. It's about friends. It's about the best of what can bring us together, and that in this scenario, it's Chelsea. So why not take a moment at the table this Thursday, this weekend, depending upon when you celebrate, and strike up a conversation about, hey, I know you like the U.S. men's team. Have you heard of Christian Pulisic? Have you heard of him? Have you heard of <laughs> Chelsea in the Premier League? Have you heard about what they're doing this season? And just let it go from there. I think your, your call out about, hey, friends and family that don't want to go shopping, that are done shopping after all the Black Friday craziness, why don't we on Saturday go out and spend some t more time together as a family doing family things? This is the point where most people are trying to get away because they've had too much time. Come together in Chelsea. It's the, the family within a family within a family. Well, it's, it's when, you know, I think when I was uh, president of a couple of AO chapters, I think it was always funny 
uh, and 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 great when um, you know over the holidays or or over you know you know weekend when the parents were visiting Kansas City that you know the the kids in the chapter would bring their parents out to watch a U.S. match and it would be so much fun because you have a bunch of people drinking and singing and you know you would see a lot of parents go you know this isn't you know this isn't too bad this is kind of fun and I think it's just I a fun deal I I, I know this if you can get your unindoctrinated family members out to the pubs or to watch a match and to get captivated by the sport. And, you know, hopefully it's a good result, obviously, but I think that goes a long way because they get to see the camaraderie and they get to see kind of what it's all about and how exciting it can be. So um, I hope that each and every one of you has a chance to do that this weekend. All right, Nick. Well, with that said, I think it's time to uh, wish you a, a very wonderful and happy Thanksgiving. You as well, Dan. Uh, I know you're you're doing the cross-country fight. You're going as far as a person can go in the continental United States. So safe travels to you, my man. And, uh, you know, safe travels to you. Heading back to Nebraska, getting in the car, making the drive, bringing <laughs> some of that, maybe those wonderful old-fashioned recipes with you to try on the fam. Oh, uh, yeah. So we, we do, uh, uh, my friends and I do a thing every year where we, uh, try and polish off a bottle of bourbon the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, I have a wonderful bottle of Jefferson's Ocean that will be making the trip with me this time. And uh, very excited to spend the holidays with my family and uh, and relax a little bit. And I hope that everyone here gets to do the exact same. All right, everyone. Well, that is it for this podcast. We wish you safe travels if you're traveling for this Thanksgiving. If not, enjoy the time with family and friends. For those of our listeners abroad, just, just enjoy life the way we are for this period right now. But until next time, Chelsea fans, well wishes, and you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.